Welcome to the Awaken Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Nancy Walters. Get ready to create magic and miracles as you lean into your heart's desires. I believe not only does the heart want what it wants, but it knows. This show is a weekly deep dive into what it means to live from an awakened heart. I'll be sharing inspiring stories and real conversations with people just like you who have turned the ordinary into the extraordinary. My mission is to show you how you too can be connected and heart-centered in every area of your life. Your journey to aligning with more love, more joy, and your wildest dreams come true starts now. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Awaken Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Nancy Walters, and today is a really cool conversation. It has to do with our home, and we know how important our home is to us. It is our sanctuary. It's our place to get rest from our ever busy, hectic lifestyles. It's a place to really come home to and feel like it's your home. And there are many things that we can do to change the energy around the home that we live in. And one of the important things to do is really cultivate the landscape around us. Maybe you have a home that has a yard or a front yard. There's a lot that you can do to the land that will match with your own energy. We become stewards of our land. We ask what our land needs and we integrate that to what we need. And if we happen to live in an urban environment where we don't have any real trees or parks or natural surroundings around us, or if we live in an apartment, there's ways to transform our space with the right plants that really matches us on an energetic level. In this episode, we welcome Moni Gallen as we dive into the world of permaculture, regenerative agriculture, and the art of cultivating energy-positive spaces that give back to the planet, and how we can design energy-efficient homes that blend seamlessly with the natural world. Discover some tips on growing your own organic produce, which we're seeing a lot of people wanting to do nowadays, seeing what changes are happening with the way our food is being produced nowadays. You know, there's a lot of pesticides, there's a lot of genetic modification happening, and it's transforming our foods into something that our bodies don't really even recognize. So we're seeing a lot of people that want to go towards creating their own produce. And there's ways to do this in an urban environment as well as in your own homes. Today's guest, Monique Allen, has successfully bridged the gap between landscaping and business building with her background as a lifelong gardener, business developer, and coach. Monique Allen, founder and creative director of The Garden Continuum, is a master creator, interactive employer, published author, and fierce industry advocate. In over three decades, she has witnessed the landscape trade become extremely popular and commoditized, which has eroded the sustainability of our landscapes while undermining our ability to feel satisfaction from them. As the founder of the Lifescape Method, a lifelong gardener, business developer, and educator, Monique has dedicated her career to reversing that legacy by creative alternative approaches and sharing actionable information to spread a positive message about how we can all improve our land, our lives, and our professional satisfaction through lifescaping and compassionate business building. In this episode, you will learn how the right landscaping can regulate your nervous system, how lifescaping works, 
and how our DNA is really wired to cultivate our own food. It's in our DNA, it's in our lineage, and how there is a huge return to community living and how much of a sovereign right it is to make our own choices. This is such a great conversation and one that everyone will be able to get a little bit of an aha moment out of it. And we'll be able to start immediately integrating a lot of these practices into your own life. And Monique is going to show us through lifescaping how every small action we take in our gardens and homes can contribute to a brighter, more energy positive future for all. Here is today's guest, Monique Allen. Hey, Monique, welcome to the Awaken Heart Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me, Nancy. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. So my listeners, we initially had this uh, scheduled for a couple weeks ago. And what happened a couple weeks ago? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was getting ready to be on the podcast where... <laughs> We were having a wicked storm and it was raining like crazy and the power went out. And so I had to go onto my iPad and get onto Wi-Fi, try to find Nancy and be like, I can't do this. <laughs> she did. She did. She found me. So I had, and she actually came on. So I had, I hadn't seen the email that you had sent. So I had yeah. popped on, I was sitting here and <laughs> you're like, oh my gosh, did you get my email? <laughs> like, yeah, no problem. Like, no, go take care of yourself. And and then we reschedule and here we are. So here we are. Um, and we you survived the storm. Yes. <laughs> so um, I'm really interested. I know we talked a little before we hit record in what you are bringing to people as far as their land and their landscapes and cultivating a space that you really, really love and enjoy because I do stuff also as well. As I mentioned, I do relocation and finding people the perfect home and how important it is to live in an environment that really resonates with you and supports you. And landscaping in the land is so important and, and to honor the land and have a, a space that really aligns with your energy. And I know that, like you said, a lot of landscapers will just like, oh, here's you know something here and there. And it's a beautiful environment, but you're, they're not even like you said, stewards of the land going in and cultivating and listening to the land and seeing what it needs to nurture, nurture your home and yourself by living in that environment. And with everything that's happening in the world as well, with how our soil is being depleted and how there's, uh, you know, even the fertilizing, it's poisoning our land and our environment around us. And you have a whole regenerative approach to it. So I'm really excited to have this conversation to see how people can improve their living environment and also improve themselves in the process because you offer coaching as well. So, I mean, that's a lot said, but if you, for my audiences don't know you, can you give a little bit of an introduction of yourself and where you started? You know, you said you've kind of done stuff for 40 years before this. And where are you and what brought you to doing this kind of line of work? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, it, it is a long journey because it does span almost 40 years, right? So I think I'm finishing my 38th year or starting my 39th, somewhere around there. And um, but so I started in this industry by accident as a in my late teens, um, just, you know, 
got invited to go out and, and landscape one day, do spring cleanups. And um, I was dancing growing up and bodybuilding, and I really liked uh, to be moving and active. And I was pretty lost as to what I was going to do with my life as as high school was ending and everybody was, you know, they'd already taken all these exams and applied to college. And I was just like, oh, I think I forgot to do all of that. I, you know, and I just, I was kind of lost and I found this um, just sort of by dumb luck and really just fell in love with how it grounded me, no pun intended, but it just grounded me. And um, I had a bit of a dysregulated nervous system. I couldn't have used those words back then. I didn't know that. I was a trauma survivor from childhood, so didn't understand how that made me like not really centered. But dancing made me centered and bodybuilding made me centered. And then being outside centered me. And now there's all this research about how when you put your hands in good, healthy soil, you're there are actually antidepressants and all sorts of living biota you know in that soil that is that is symbiotic with with the human nervous system so clearly i was feeling all that i didn't have any of the words i didn't really know anything about the industry i just kept putting one foot in front of the other and as i got inspired or intrigued or excited about the next step i just took it i didn't mm. i didn't really overthink it and it wasn't until i did graduate college. I I, um, I studied entrepreneurship at Northeastern University, landscaped my way through. And I and probably everybody else thought when I graduated, I would get a real job. <laughs> and, um, and I think I did too. I, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. uh, and I started doing all those things that post-grads do. And I would, and finally, one day I just woke up. I'm like, I have a real job. I'm an entrepreneur for crying out loud. I can make this much, you know, I was already freelancing. And so by the time I was, by the time I was 21, I had a business and um, I, I did that business for about nine years. It was called second nature. Um, I got married and uh, was going to have my first child and realized, wow, I really probably should turn this into a corporation. I have the know-how let's do that. And I, it became the garden continuum and I've been growing it ever since. And it, it started as one kind of business and it's a very, very di different business. Now I spent almost 10 years working on conservation um, and then became an organic land care provider. And so all of those machinations of growth moved me from what I would call conventional landscaping you know, um, to what, what I now call regenerative landscaping, where the work we do is about helping to heal um, earth, horticulture, and all of that, but in conjunction with the well-being of human beings. So each human being is individual, each slice of, each slice of land has its individuality. You're reading both of those, and you're trying to see what are the synergies and how can you make that home space something that really invites the heart and nervous system of the person who lives there to 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 regulate down right to calm just by virtue of stepping on the land or actually even seeing it that if you have a really hard day and you move into what i call the arrival experience this is that moment where energetically you start to get close to your home space 
then you see, then you park, then you get out, then you, it's just that whole piece can literally regulate a nervous system if the landscape is done in such a way that is inviting to the human. We call this lifescaping. Mm-hmm. This my lifescape method. That's what I wrote a book about. Is really how how we do that so that we are connecting the heart and the nervous system to the heart and the nervous system of the ecology that's at your home. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that, that's that's the quick version of the <laughs> of the arc of how I got from mm-hmm. <laughs> raking leaves and mulching to <laughs> to, to regenerative <laughs> landscape. And you had talked about, didn't you start it? Yeah, you were a teenager when you started mm, yeah. uh, and you touched the land and you felt how that could have a calming effect. And we're actually like batteries. You know, the earth is like, we're batteries. We plug in and that's why it's so important to ground, like stick your feet in because literally within what, 20 minutes, 10, 20 minutes, or even instantly you're, yeah. you're healing your body and you're aligning your body because we've gotten so disconnected because we're wearing like, we used to wear leather soles. Now we're in rubber soles and we're so disconnected from the earth and literally planting your hands in the earth can, like you said, have that calming effect. It's not just some imaginary woo woo thing. There's actually, you know, scientific. It's yeah, it's real. It's real. It's real. <laughs> so, and then, so there's that. And then what you were talking about, as far as, you know, really understanding the energies of the land. And when you're coming back to your home, how does it feel? Because I know I feel that way if I'm in the city or somewhere in the suburbs, or there's a lot of traffic in a, in a lot of uh, sidewalk or concrete. And as I'm driving home, as I start seeing more green and more greenscapes and, um, you know, flowers, and then there's trees, I literally feel my nervous system calming down. And I just feel so much so much better and, and it soothes me a lot. So a lot of what you're talking about, how you, uh, cultivate the space and the land, it sounds a lot like feng shui. Do you do, is it kind of like feng shui where you're kind of understanding where the energies are coming from, you know, the certain points and hearing about a, a person's history or, you know, they're, you know, doing their chart or whatnot. Is there some of that involved in it? Not necessarily feng shui, but Yeah. So geomancy, um, feng shui, you know, Mm -hmm. they're all, that's all kind of tethered to the same thing. Uh, I, I don't, I don't practice that Mm -hmm. specific Mm -hmm. practice. Um, I'm intuitive and I'm very connected to the Mm -hmm. land partly because it, because I think it was so healing to me early on, but I was like that even in the beginning where like the land always called me. I was my, my grandparents had, uh, a lot of land in the Allegheny Mountains uh, in Maryland, and I, and as a child, and even growing up, even as a teenager, uh, and in my twenties, you know, when you don't want to be anywhere near your family and parents, <laughs> I still wanted to go there. Like I loved that land. Um, always felt very connected, connected to the ocean. Um, so I think it's like all human beings have access to. Um, inner knowing, intuition, um, they have the ability to um, become aware, to to come into their essence nature. Um, but it takes time to cultivate that within yourself. And it takes that stillness. If mm-hmm. I've learned anything, you know, in practicing yoga and becoming a yoga instructor is that, you know, this finding that gap in the thinking, finding you, it's the similar tactical thing from going to a very urban, hard 
uh, unvibratory environment into one that is softer, actually living and breathing, actually vibrating, um, you know, with life energy that if you're, if you stop just for a moment, you, you will, you will feel it, but the more closed down, rigid, guarded that you are to protect yourself, the harder it is to, you know, to actually feel that thing in 20 seconds, you need maybe the 20 minutes, but the more attuned you are to it, it's almost instantaneous. And so my thought process is if we can work with homeowners, work with business owners to invest in a land that surrounds their work and living environments or their work and sort of home life environments, which tend to be stuffed with hustle and bustle and to-do mm -hmm. lists, Mm -hmm. then what is initially difficult for the human unfolding to be able to tap into that kind of vibration and feel calmed by it, it'll feel hard at first, but eventually it becomes instantaneous. It becomes that you're not even thinking or trying. There's just a shift. You go from the hustle and bustle of getting the you know kids to umpteen appointments and buses and this and that, and then you drive home and then, oof, Mm -hmm. you know you can exhale and it and it happens organically without trying to think about it and so it's like you set the environment and then and then the body will begin to attune to it mm -hmm. does that make sense like mm -hmm. over time it'll, and it really isn't woo -woo. it is based in science um and and it takes practice to to be able to feel that a big part of what I do when I'm designing is um I'm, I am really, I actually tell the clients, I don't want to see the property until I've seen you. Mm. Like I need to connect with you first because yes, the land is important, but if you put me on any piece of land, I'm going to connect with it. It's much harder to connect to humans. So I have to do that work first so that I can try to discern what is it that would um, help you to tap in to those vibrations that'll help regulate you and help you with the best home environment. I mean, I'm, I imagine you do that with relocation. Like mm -hmm. where do people want to live? You have to mm -hmm. get to know a little bit about the person. You can't yeah. just throw any house at them. They have to tap in. That's our, we do a holistic approach where they become really quiet and present and tap into that, which is calling them and listening to their intuition instead of the mind, blah, where should I go? Like getting really grounded and centered. And that's, a primary approach to relocation for us as well. Yeah. So, and you do, uh, you call it lifescaping, right? What, how you, mm -hmm. yeah, lifescaping. I love it. And, and so you consult with the person first. So if someone was to say, Monique, you know, I'm really interested in lifescaping. Your first thing would be to have a meeting with them outside of their environment. Right. Or do you have, I mean, you could do a zoom call or is it an in-person thing? We do. Well, I have a very, very tight system. So, mm -hmm. so I wrote a book that 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 talks about lifescape, like how the lifescape method works. And there are three mm -hmm. tenets. It's it, and I am. Uh, it's very important for me to operationalize things so that they make sense. Um, and to build a business and to be successful building a business, you can't be all woo woo when you're in your head. You actually have to create standard operating procedures and figure out ways that you can teach this to other people. So I employed 25 people mm -hmm. um, to help me do this. Um, everything from office staff, design staff, implementation staff, 
So they have to know, they have to understand what a lifescape is. They have to know that a landscape is something you look at and a lifescape is something you live in. And then they have to know the three tenants that we are looking at organization, we're looking at health, and then we're looking at wow factor or vitality that, you know, like bling, pow, gorgeousness, you know, all that stuff that's so yummy that we love as humans. But unfortunately, we love it so much, we lead with it. And you can't lead with that. You can't lead with pretty. It doesn't, I mean, it, it's, it, it doesn't last. We've got to lead with organization and health. And so what I do is um, I have an initial intake call and it's a phone call with the people where I'm really trying to understand how can they articulate their need? How do they articulate their want? That is a huge difficulty for people. Normally they're much better off articulating what they hate and they don't want. So you're trying to help them get from, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to, but what do you do? What do you want? And, and I think that's like what you're saying with your intake is you're trying to draw out something that, you know, intuition is something that a lot of people, they don't tap into or they, or they shove away when it comes. So that process is really to get that conversation started. And from a business sense, I've already done a ton of work digitally to vet people before they get to me. So before anybody gets on a phone call with me, they've already gotten access to so much information that they've selected me based on that intuition, that that desire for something that they're seeing mm-hmm. nowhere else. They're thinking mm-hmm. maybe I can help them get it. So there's this back, uh, back, is that the word I'm looking for? It's this, um, this uh, element of the business creation that is developed in front of me so that they, they have to filter through all of that. And the goal is as they're going through all of this information, if you're, if I'm not for you, I want you to select yourself out mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that by the time you actually get that phone call with me, you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Come over. Um, and so it makes for fewer calls, mm-hmm. but better calls and much more closes um, from a business standpoint. Mm-hmm. Once we can get the, the larger pieces of what's required, like it's going to cost money to work with me. But we get that out of the way so that there's clarity and now we can actually do the work. Mm-hmm. Now we can actually start to really dive into, you know, what are we going to do for your land? And on the coaching side, it's really similar. It's, you know, there are a bajillion coaches out there talking to people about how to make money. Mm-hmm. And I'm, while I'm very interested that you make money, I'm more interested in your soul alignment that you're actually doing work that's aligning with your dharma, with your soul's purpose. That and, and that's because I've struggled with that. You know, it's like you're doing your dharma, you're doing your soul's work, and then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're not anymore. Wait, 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 wait a minute, what happened? I thought that was my work, and now I'm dissatisfied. Why am I dissatisfied? What happened? We're not static. So how do we move? How do we follow that soul development that says, yeah, you're done with that? you got to leave that behind. Mm-hmm. Whereas as humans, we grab on and I am mm-hmm. such a grabber. Like I just hang on to it. And then I let go with one hand and think I'm so great, but I got a death <laughs> grip with this one. So, you know, that's what I'm practicing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, that carrot that really just carries through whether you're working on your land or on your business 
on your marriage or your friendships, like you can take that same lifescape idea as a mm-hmm. thread through all of it. Mm. What a beautiful all encompassing program or concept. It's amazing because it's, it's, it's for your own life. It is lifescaping. You're lifescaping your whole life. And then your environment is a reflection of how you've been lifescaped inside. I think that's pretty amazing. And these people that are already coming to you, they're already seekers. They're already seeking something more. They're already seeking outside of the box. So pretty much whenever they start to look you up, they're already pretty much aligned with what you have to offer. So then they go through the extra screenings and, and then when they come to you, okay, I'm ready. And you get everything out of the way. So the money is taken care of, and then they can just open up to you yes. and, and the process begins. What are some uh, stories of transformation? Can you give me one or two of the people that yeah, you have I definitely with? can? I have, um, so I had a client and this has happened. This has happened with, with men. A lot of times I am coming through, uh, the woman of the house, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, oftentimes that's where I'm coming through. Um, and I have several stories where there's a longing, the woman has a longing for for, for uh, more cohesiveness and more um, vibration connection, even though that's not what they would call it, with their property. And, um, and I never even meet the husband. I don't meet the man in the house, right? And... Um, and, you know, and I work with all iterations of couples, this is just, you know, kind of one transformation type of story that has repeated over decades. And um, I had this one uh, in Newton, and I'd been working on this property since early, early in my career. And I may have been 16, 17 years in working with this client when they finally decided they were going to do some renovation. And we, I knew both parties, but I really was working very directly uh, with the woman of the house. And um, we, we just, we built this incredible environment, just really, really beautiful. It wasn't even that it was so fancy. It was just beautiful and wholesome. And it just drew you in. And she said to me one day, probably about six months after we had finished it, um, she emailed me and she said, I have to tell you a story normally the way things work is we get to Friday and my husband can't pack his bags fast enough to go up to our lake house so that we're at our lake house all weekend. And then we wait until the last minute on Sunday to come back or at the crack of dawn on Monday, he'll go to work, right to work, won't even come home. So I'm always like ready on Friday. She said, I was like, okay, I'm all packed. You ready to go? And his response was, no, you know what? I think we should have dinner here outside and then have breakfast and then Mm -hmm. mosey up there late Saturday morning. And it was like, he felt at home at home. Mm -hmm. He wanted to be there. And she, when she typed to me, she said, I literally have tears in my eyes as I'm typing this. Mm -hmm. I have wanted to live in this home and love this home for decades. And and we finally do because he wants to stay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had story after story about that, where the woman is really wanting to nest and love the home, even when kids are gone and, and there's a misalignment. And when there's this alignment at the home and it creates an alignment in the couple and it creates an alignment, a sense of home to me, that's like, wow, I did my job. It doesn't matter what I planted. It Mm -hmm. really doesn't. 
you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what colors are in the lands. What matters is it's resonating with them. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and for me, that's been huge. And then another story, one that's more on the business side is what I find really interesting is that I will work with a, 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 a business owner and in, in very early on in our sessions, I will learn that there's somebody in their company that's undermining their power and um, they actually can't operate in in their full agency because somebody's chipping away like almost like it's an active effort it might not be but there's some some misalignment some clashing and um i had one individual where this was happening and that person had been with them over a decade and it was almost like you could see the corrosiveness of that relationship and we got about six or seven sessions in and i'm like okay you know, as a coach, my job isn't to tell you what to do, but I'm going to break form here and tell you that you have to get away from that person. You mm -hmm. have to get that person out of your company because not only is that person undermining your agency as an owner, they're also corro making this sort of like this corrosive, toxic thing that's happening and it's undermining the development of the rest of your staff. And um, I felt a little uncomfortable saying that because it's as a coach, you really don't tell people what to do. Mm -hmm. And, but I felt like that person wasn't getting it and I needed to just kind of say it. Uh, they ended up letting them go. And the transformation of that business was almost like when mm -hmm. you have a thorn in your hand and it's like pussy and gross and you don't want to pull it because it hurts, but it doesn't get better. And then you finally pull it and all of a sudden it like within three days it's healed. Wow. It was just like that, Nancy. It was it just wow. blew me away. And the people that were below this person, like opened up and they thrived and they started being useful and helpful. And it just makes me realize that like, as human beings, we need connection. We need conversation. We need safe places to talk about our lives where we don't feel like we're going to hurt somebody's feelings or um, and I know for me, working with coaches and working with professionals, you know, like bringing an interior designer, that's not my shtick, right? Mm -hmm. I need help. And as a designer, I'm terrible because I think I can do it, but I really can't because it's inside. Mm -hmm. You bring somebody in and they just take all the burden away. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so those two are huge for me because I, I see the person that I'm working with directly, their life is vibrating at a much higher level and their nervous system is settled mm -hmm. and it's not for good. Things will keep changing, but that's really satisfying to mm. be a part of. Mm, it's amazing. It sounds like there was just like, I keep thinking of that. eye of <laughs> what is that? That one that protects the Greek eye, like putting something in oh, that in the environment. Or something. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. And um, I don't know if that's the word of it, but um it just almost sounds like there's this, this dark energy. There was a dark energy in there. And that just shows that there's like how energy really, you know, how we're all energetic beings and how we're affected by it all. And so what was his response to that? Because literally he saw his whole business change and people around him change. Yeah. Um, this owner was a, was a woman. And um, what I saw was almost like a blossoming. Mm. Um, it's when you see in somebody's energy, the shift between 
kind of like a like a um, depressed sort of non-expansive mm -hmm. to to opening and reaching. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of times the owners that I'm working with, well, all, all of the owners I'm working with want, you know, they're looking for um, regenerative practices. I mean, mm -hmm. they're looking, you know, the landscapers want organics, the nutritionists want, you know, like real health vitality with a lot, of, not a lot of chemicals. I just worked with a yoga studio and they're really looking about deep spiritual connections so that there are already people who have access in their own bodies and to to that desire to that seeking like you said mm -hmm. um, the problem is something's sitting on it mm -hmm. I mean literally like sitting on it so so it opens up and and it's like they can't believe it because when they look back you know one of her things to me was I can't believe what I put up with for so long mm -hmm. like I, I you know it it just disbelief that, that that they would stick in that for so long and and I've done it myself I've done it myself in my business where I've like held on to an employee for a really long time because I feel somehow obligated and then realize the best thing I could do for myself but also will end up being the best thing I can do for them mm -hmm. is to create a really good path for release one mm -hmm. of the things we do in the company is we try to normalize the conversation around separation that not all jobs, not all connections are forever mm -hmm. that, you know, you have connections that are, that are for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And you have to ask yourself, reevaluate all the time. You know, you get to wake up every day and choose to be an entrepreneur. You get to wake up every day and choose to stay married, to choose to stay in friendship with certain people and if we if we don't remember that we can choose, we lose that sovereign connection mm -hmm. to ourselves. Um, but we all fall into the trap, me included. Um, so I think it's just practice and being around people who are also behaving that way. Mm -hmm. You said something really important right now because the world has been going through this in the last couple of years is cho choice. We all can choose. And we had something coming at us the last three years. We're like, oh, there's a one size fits all. This is for everybody. Not all our bodies are different. We all respond differently. Here's a one size fits all. It was being pushed at it. And people that were wanting to choose were like demonized. And literally there was an attack going after them, like a propaganda attack. Like literally the people that survived that, like give them like gold stars. But it's, we do have the freedom to choose. We don't have to be stuck in our life doing things that we don't enjoy, that don't resonate us. We are sovereign beings and there's more coming at us. We need to know that we can choose to live these vibrant lives and um, not to have to follow the norm because the norm is really keeping us down and keeping us burdened. So the freedom to choose, and a lot of people are choosing right now to grow their own food because a lot of things are happening into the food environment, our vegetables, our, our meat, they're trying to go to lab grown meat and all this other stuff. And so you do a lot of regenerative. And so as more people are looking to grow their own gardens, what do you suggest to them? Because there are a lot of people that are like, they have a little plot of land. Maybe they're growing a small garden. I know someone else that is raising their own goats and their, their chickens and, and every food, because then you have control over what you're going to be putting into your bodies and what kind of chemicals are going into your food. It's so important to, to have food that is free of all these pesticides and all these GMO'd and all these modifications. Our bodies aren't recognizing it as real food. 
So you do a lot, I'm sure, with people that are looking to grow their own gardens. Can you talk a little bit about can you talk a little bit about that, about growing yeah, your own gardens sure. and your own food and how necessary? I mean, we have farmers markets. I'm spending a little more to go to the farmers market, but I know that they're really cultivating their own land and putting their love and care into it and not poisoning the food that I'm putting into my body to nourish myself. Yeah. Um, I, on my, <clears throat> I write two blogs, uh, one on the garden continuum and one on the landscape coach and on the garden continuum. If you just search, there's a lot of stuff on growing food. Uh, and I catalog the development of my vegetable garden. Um, so I'm a I'm a real believer in CSAs, community, what is it, community, uh, gosh, I'm not going to remember what it stands for. But it's CSAs are farming associations where you can buy like a crop share mm -hmm. and you can go and collect your crop share every week and you support the farm. And that's really, really great. And then, like you said, farmers markets are awesome because not all people can grow all things. Like it might be super easy for you to grow tomatoes, but you can't grow corn and you can't grow squash because you don't have the, the space for it. Um, I personally really love raised box beds, partly because I have a lot of injury and kind of de degradation in my spine. And so bending over a garden all the time can be a little hard. Plus I have deer and rabbits and everybody who wants mm -hmm. to ravage my garden and I don't want to fence and electrify everything. So I have boxes that are 25 inches up made of white cedar and I have eight of them, um, it's really, really a big kind of like a potager garden. It has a patio. I'm a firm believer in like living with your vegetables, like hanging out there, reading a book and popping some tomatoes in your mm -hmm. mouth. Like it's just really great. So we've encouraged a lot of our clients to do that. Just start with one box. Uh, one box becomes two, maybe becomes three or four or five, and they become more involved in it. Um, I think that, um, like I, this year is a big, I'm doing a big sweet potato crop because sweet potatoes have been hard to find. So I've been growing those um, and then sharing with people. So if you can't tend it all by yourself, maybe you have a garden because you've got the space, but you have two or three friends that do it with you, which can be a really nice way to be social. Um, I have a, a colleague who um, uh, doesn't have the space for bees, but her best friend has the bees and they do them together and they do the harvesting. And um, she always gives me a little jar of honey. It's just awesome. So I think that with all of the homesteading, the truth is to, to really homestead is a lot of work and most people need to go to a job. Mm -hmm. So if you can, like, I would love to raise chickens. My husband raised chickens when he was um, a kid and sold eggs. Um, but like, I'm, I'm not home enough. I'm working. So it, it's not reasonable. Um, but I have an employee who raises chickens and, you know, and then we'll bring the eggs in and sell the eggs to everybody. Mm -hmm. So I think that that community aspect of I'm growing the tomatoes, you're growing the zucchini, you're doing the potatoes and sharing is, is phenomenal. Um, and just trying it because it is our, it is like literally in our DNA to grow food. Mm -hmm. And so um, a book that I love, have you ever read the book um, by Barbara Kingsolver, Animal Vegetable Miracle? Mm -mm. It's a phenomenal book. Anybody who wants to grow food should read that book. She's a brilliant <laughs> writer. And there's another book, which is funny, so funny. It's called The $64 Tomato. Mm -hmm. 
and it's just I can't remember the author's name but super funny but just about how you know this this passion project of growing your food you know it's not making it cheaper <laughs> it's really about um knowing you can knowing mm-hmm. that you can provide for yourself that will shore up your your feeling of self-worth self-value um capability it it does i think it does wonders and i think having children do it is phenomenal because mm-hmm. they learn early on about where food comes from mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 64 tomato I, i'm gonna have to get that and uh the other that book, one is funny that in- i mean he is so funny it's a really funny book and um and good and and then barbara king solvers is awesome a king solver okay I'm going to put, I'm going to look those up and put them in the show notes. Yay. <laughs> More resources. Yeah. So for community, you said another really important thing, because we've seen a lot of us getting away from community living and a lot more people because of the last couple of years, we're seeing how important community is, how much, how many times we go outside. We don't know who our neighbor is around here. And a lot of people are joining communities or buying land around each other where they will, somebody will grow their chickens or raise their chickens. Another person's going to have their raw milk. Another person is going to have the honey and the honeybees. And then there's kind of like a trade and barter system with a, with a lot of it all, because if cash goes away, that's what you you're going to do. That's what we did way right. back in the day as well. So, and then, you know, supporting the local farmer's market, it's become so hard for them to really, with all the regulations and stuff, to be able to grow their own food. So it's really important to support them also. Yeah, community, we're going back to community. So you work with a lot of that as well with the people that are growing. Yeah, their own I mean, for me, you know, I understand, community. you know, w- w- you know, what you're talking about, about the past, you know, several years being a real challenge and, um, and pressing upon our ability to choose. Um, you know, I consider myself quite the edge dweller. Um, you know, I raised my children pretty much out of the medical system. Mm -hmm. That was very hard to do. Um, and, uh, I just, I worked really, really hard to see if I could, I mean, the same way that I'm trying to work with regenerative practices Mm -hmm. with the land. I mean, I birthed two humans mm-hmm. at home Amazing. and wanted to like wanted to my first one I ended up at the hospital much to the hospital's dismay because I I was not a good candidate I was not I was shoving everything away and just being like help me through what I got to get through and then I'm going home um and then my second child was born at home because I knew a whole lot more mm-hmm. uh, so I think that I don't I don't expect anybody to make the choices I made mm-hmm. or make what I want is the the sovereign right to make all the choices that I want to make for myself. And I want to be trusted to do the intellectual and academic work that I need to, to weigh all my options. So that informed consent idea through the medical system is a lot of lip service when, when I ask for information, I don't get it. Or when I bring information, it's not mm-hmm. listened to. So mm-hmm. I think across the board, whether you're growing your own food or um or raising your children in a certain way or making certain purchasing decisions or medical decisions i think that the the goal is yes find your community and um and and really work on 
acceptance. And mm -hmm. I think that's very hard to do because if I want to be accepted, I also have to accept accept the dissenting view, mm -hmm. right? I have to say that's okay too. And I think when it comes to things like, let's talk about raw milk, like for me, Mm -hmm. That was critical. It was the only milk mm -hmm. my children were going to get. I needed my kids to pet the cows that the milk came from. That was important to me. And it's very easy to get vilified for that choice, but you have to be able to stand strong enough and find your community mm -hmm. that's going to help you not erode away from that choice because of fear. Mm -hmm. And so I think our job as human beings, no matter what we're doing, is to find and cultivate our community because if you don't cultivate a community, it doesn't stay. I mean, you, you have to put in the work. Um, and then we tend and cultivate our land. And then we pay attention and open to awareness in our work lives. And the goal ultimately being that you are lifescaping, right? You're, you're, you're continuing, continually, oh, I can't say that, continuously <laughs> <laughs> looking at what is the organization and structure in my life that I can depend on and work to shore up as I need to? Uh, what is the health? What is the picture of health in all of the segments of my life? And what needs attention? And then how do I have a little bit of pop, a little bit of wow, a little bit of fun, a little bit of inspiration that that keeps me going? Mm -hmm. And um, and And I think walking away from that saying, it's going to go up and down. It's not like a destination that you're going to get to and stay at. It's the work you're doing day in and day out mm -hmm. to make those choices. Um, and if you're doing that in a community of people that are doing that, oof, mm -hmm. it's way easier. It's way easier. Because mm -hmm. we're always evolving. Nothing's static. I have a friend that moved to India and uh, she was over there throughout the whole pandemic. She used to was yoga. She met her partner out there and then she decided to move out there. She's going to have her baby and raise her baby out there. She's, but it's a whole, it's a community. There's 30, at least 30 people like that are in it. And they just really have this beautiful, this beautiful community where they contribute so much to each other and they support each other. It's such a beautiful thing to see. So yeah, that's such a, um, you know, and you talked about sovereignty. It's so important to be sovereign in your decisions because there's all this propaganda, like say the raw milk, where it's not true about what they're demonizing it. And then our milk has been so whitewashed and raw milk is, you know, just like milk does the body good because it had so many, you know, valuable has so many properties and healing properties in it, but how is the medical industry going to make money if you're being healthy from, from this milk? And that's a whole other like ball of wax to, to talk about, which we won't get into today. But well, um, what I can, what I can mm -hmm. tell you, I'm going to interrupt for one second. What sure. I can tell you is the groups that I joined in order to get the support, like I wasn't going to get the support from my neighbors because the chances of me, I mean, I live in a kind of a suburby area. I don't live in a farm area. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I ended up joining the Weston A. Price Foundation and I was able by joining that foundation, I was able to learn about nutrient dense food. Mm -hmm. I was able to attend conferences where I had access to people who were, uh, in a community, raw milk communities. Um, so I think when we want to do these things, we, we have to look for the community. So we're the just support. using raw milk as a, as an idea, mm -hmm. but it's those communities that we seek out that will, um, you know, n help nurture um, the the seeking in us and 
you know, that's what I'm doing with the, with a yoga community that I belong to, like your friend, where it's a it's a group of seekers who are really trying to connect back into their essence nature, connect into their awareness and in, intuition, you know, and then we go to our day job, you know, and we're mm-hmm. better in our day job and we're mm-hmm. easier to be around when we're doing that other work. We're easier to be around when we feel sovereign because we have a community behind us that we know we can turn to and ask a significant question rather than asking that question like out into the ethers where, yeah, you may not get a lot of support. So I feel like that's part of that work that we do to make sure we're surrounded by the kinds of people that really support us. And that's been really critical for me in my business growth is that I was seeking out business coaches that had more of an expansive thinking so that they would see me as a whole being and not just a business owner. Mm -hmm. And that helped a lot. Mm. Wow. That's really incredible. I I love this. I loved, I love everything that you're doing, everything that we're talking about. I know we've got to wrap this up soon, but I did want to go back a little bit to just about the, the lifescaping, the home and the environment around Mm -hmm. your home. So what does somebody that lives, say, in an apartment or a condo, I mean, I know a lot of communities, they have beautiful landscaping. Mine has beautiful landscaping. It's backed against like, I have forest and trees and paths behind me. But what if somebody maybe lives in a condo in a busier area? How would they lifescape or how would you help them in their living environment? Maybe all they have is what's inside their home. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. So I used to live in an urban environment. Luckily I had a little deck and uh, I did a lot of growing. I literally put window boxes on the railings and, you know, and then pots. And so a little balcony, a little deck, like there's so much potential and you really do not need a lot um, to be able to be connected to plants. Um, My office environment, um, we have plants throughout the office environment. I mean, what you see here Mm -hmm. and here are not real, uh, because I don't really have, I don't have the time to take care of real Mm -hmm. in here. Uh, but in my downstairs where the main office is, uh, there are plants all through it. And part of my office administrator's job is to, to love and manage those plants. And the plants literally are, you know, they're, they're shade tolerant. We have them stuck in the ceiling. So they, you know, we have vines going through the ceiling. So, Mm -hmm. um, you can have plants inside. They make these awesome terrariums and growing environments and racked growing with grow lights. Like, so I think that, you know, you don't have to go full bore. It could be that you're getting one low light plant, learn about it, learn how to take care of it, and then tend it like it's a cat or a dog. You know, think about it as a sentient being as opposed to as a static thing in the corner that I'm going to neglect and never water the minute we shift our mind to loving a thing, like it's a living thing, like it has feelings and like it has all of that, it will bring out in you another layer of connectivity to your nervous system. So it could just be one plant, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as simple as one plant. And oftentimes what I see is the one plant turns into two (laughs) and it's it's five Mm -hmm. and people then have plants all over their apartment. Right. So, Mm -hmm. uh, so it's possible. It's possible to, to do it in home. Mm -hmm. So you start small with one and it could go to more and tend to it. Like you would a a cat or a dog or a pet. It's true because I'll talk to my plant. Hey, little baby. I've had one plant 
she's come with me or he's, he, she, uh, like at least 20 years I've had her and, and and she's just like, Oh, she's moved a couple of times and she's just so beautiful. And then I talked to him and it's been shown literally time-lapse and there's been studies about when you talk to your plant, say, I love you. And, and you're so beautiful. Look at how pretty you are. It responds to, to that. Absolutely. And if you yeah. think about like brushing a dog or mm-hmm. brushing a cat, mm-hmm. if you have, you know, let's say you have a monstera or something, you know, they have these big leaves, so they collect dust. Mm-hmm. So you have a, like a warm, like a very like lukewarm cloth and you're like, you're just, going through and, and just wiping down every leaf. Can you imagine like Mm. the feeling? Mm -hmm. So, so, so we have amazing capacity to nurture. And when we offer nurturing, when we are in service, we actually are in a really good place to align our nervous system. Mm -hmm. When, when it's me, 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 and you're trying like, why don't I have, and why don't I have your nervous system is regulated in a Mm -hmm. negative way. But Mm -hmm. if I'm in service and I'm actively loving, Mm -hmm it's regulated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And after this uh, conversation, today's my plant day. Today's when I water them. Yeah. And I have a mister that I spray, but yeah, today, I mean, I do throughout the week, but today's the big water day. So I'm going to really take loving care, care to them. So, so I I will say hi, Monique says hi, hi, Monique. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're like, yeah, I know we're, we're connected. And I have seen also where do you see the, um, I don't know if it's under ultraviolet light, but literally you see that even a leaf that falls out, you see the electric mag- magnetic, like an aura around mm-hmm. your plant. They're literally living and alive. And we disregard plants so much. Like when I go on my walks, I don't even put headphones on. I just listen to the insects and bird and like, look at all the beautiful leaves. And I try to, you know, take that in and I absorb their energy and I give my energy to them. So it's very healing. Yeah, forest bathing. Yeah. It's awesome. I, mean, I it's did a lot thing. of it in Oregon. That's what saved me during my, I call it doing time in Oregon, <laughs> doing time in Portland. That's what saved me is my walks. So uh, <laughs> yeah. And breathing in that beautiful biome. So anyway, yeah. well, it was, it's been so lovely having you on and I would love for people to find you and work with you and begin their own lifescaping. So can you tell our audience how is best to work with you and uh, where to find, I know you have some books and I know you have some free, I believe you have some free downloads or uh, some yeah, guides, lots yeah. of free stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, and I'm sure you'll put it in the, in the show notes, but uh, my flagship company is the gardencontinuum.com. And there's a, if you're a gardener, there's a great blog on there, lots of awesome free stuff um, and free eBooks and just really good things. Learn about regenerative landscaping and what fine gardening is and how to design. Um, you can go uh, to my lifescapecoach.com. I have a store there. You can pick up the book, stop landscaping, start lifescaping. And, uh, and my happy place is Instagram at monique.com. Mm. Uh, no, is it, what is it at? Monique.allen, I think is the Instagram. So I'm going to, yeah. have to, I think I have you on my Instagram and make sure to put, put you yeah, on my we'll Instagram. Make sure we're connected. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, wonderful. Everybody, you need to find Monique. And I know a lot of real estate. I used to work in the real estate industry and we, and especially in uh, California, we're multi, multi-million dollar homes like it with the States. And then even where I live now in Rochester, such beautiful homes. That I, I can think of so many people that could use this and wouldn't mind, you know, connecting with you and really lifescaping their own environment. So I'm going to make sure to get the word out. So um, one more um, 
question before you leave. I always ask all my audience, you might know what this is. If you've listened to my podcast, what does it mean for you to live with an awakened heart? What it means for me is um, loving myself, loving the incarnation of me enough to, to, to do the work, to walk through sort of the harder, stickier things, knowing that I'm, I'm, I'm an evolution. I am an evolution. Mm -hmm. And the only way that I can tap into that is to have an awakened heart because Mm -hmm. when it's hard and it hurts, we tend to want to close our heart down. So thinking a little less and learning to feel that's been, that's really been my focus, uh, in these past, I would say maybe five years. Um, Mm -hmm. it really, really has been feel into it, just feel into it. And you got to have an awakened heart for that. And it just Mm -hmm. means everything to me because I think when your heart is awake, it's like having better taste buds. It's like you taste everything a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if, if you're, if you're going at it with an awakened heart. Mm, Beautiful. And as you're saying that I had another spin that I'd like to ask you, um, what does, what does it mean for somebody to live an awakened heart in regards to their land? I think it's about resonance. I think it's Mm -hmm. about, um, it's about deep, deep reverence. It's about walking with the land in a reverent way, understanding Mm -hmm. that nature, ecology, it's grand. It was way before us and it will be way after us. And we are just a little teeny blip. Mm -hmm. And when we can be awakened, we can, when we can be with an awakened heart with nature, Mm -hmm. it's like you, it's like literally charging, just charging. And, and that requires reverence. Mm-hmm. And and when you're reverent, you would never do some of the things that you see done to land. Mm-hmm. You couldn't, you, you couldn't. So, so I think when your heart is awakened to, to nature, it's, it's a gift to nature, but it's a gift to you. Mm-hmm. It's a reverence and a sacredness and it's beautiful. I felt that really hit home. I felt that in my heart. And then the awakenedness, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Honoring and respecting and, and, uh, working, uh, symbiotically with, you know, the land. It's beautiful. Well, Monique, thank you so much for coming on the Awakened Heart podcast. It was so thank wonderful. You. I love yeah. this conversation. Okay. Thank have you. a wonderful rest of your day. You too. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Awakened Heart podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, head on over to your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and review. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, you can reach me at the awakenheartpodcast.com. Podcast.com.